The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. He told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some feeds fell on the path, and the birds came up and ate them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, but they, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. When the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. My wife, Holly, is a, has a, a great imagination and, and, is, and is a great storyteller. Um, when, we, when our kids were, were younger, as maybe some of your kids are now or your kids used to be, we would, we would go through our evening routine. We would, we would take our baths and get ready for bed, and we'd read the Bible, and we'd pray. And then, then our kids would want to hear a story. Well, Holly was always able to come up with some just amazing story. Some, some creative story about imagination and lands far away and creatures that don't exist. And it was awesome. I mean, she just would come out of this stuff out of nowhere. It was amazing to, to listen and watch what happened. And then she'd finish, and then sometimes it would be my turn. They'd want to hear a story from me, and I'm like, guys, I got nothing. I mean, I can tell you about a football game in 1987, but, you know, that's about all I got. Because I'm not, I like to tell stories, but I'm not, I'm not that creative when it comes to, to make-believe and coming up with stories like that. Um, so I always would tell the kids stories about growing up. Stories about, you know, my childhood. And, and I, I'd probably need to confess something to you. I've lied to you. I'm not actually from Bogachita. I'm from the suburbs of Bogachita. I grew up in the country. I grew up on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it was great. I tell, I, you know, I tell them stories about, you know, stories about, I'm not encouraging this kind of behavior, um, stories about, you know, we, our road was so dirty, so small and so country that if it rained just enough, the road would get muddy and impassable for the school buses. So we'd get on the back of the school bus and jump up and down. The bus would get stuck. They'd have to send another bus from the school to pick us up to take us to school. I mean, I don't do that. It's not smart. But we were late for school and it was great. So, you know, we'd, I told them those kind of stories. But so many stories I told to my children were about me growing up out in the country. Um, my, my family lived on the old Woodall land. It was my granny's land. And like a lot of country folk and a lot of folks out there, you know, the, 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 the parents would have these acres of land. And they'd give so much to the brother and to the sister. And so my granny gave, divide the land among her, her, her children. And so that's where we live. When mom and daddy adopted me, they moved back from New Orleans and they built their home on the land granny gave to them. And so my childhood was spent with family all around. That was what I, I grew up knowing was family. And one of, the, one of the, the things that I so much associated with my childhood was farming. 
And, and I'm not going to tell you that we farmed a thousand acres. It, it, was, it wasn't that much. We didn't farm that much. But we did grow our own vegetables. And, it was, and we did grow the, all these type of things. And I remember, I just remember so much of my childhood w- w- was about that. Was, was about the process of growing uh, all these things, the, the purple whole peas and the butter beans and, you know, uh, the corn. That was our big thing was corn. And I, I remember so much about it. I remember how, the, how it, it, we had a process. The, 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 the daddies, the uncles, they would plow the ground and they would plant the seeds and they would, they, would, they would go out there and do all that. And then the cousins, we would go out there with the hoes and we'd hoe everything and we would, we would, then we would gather it. You know, we would, we would take the corn and go out and if you've ever uh, uh, gathered corn, you got to put on your long sleeves and your blue jeans so the stalks don't irritate you. So I remember waking up early to go, to go gather the corn and put it on the back of the four-wheeler. I remember picking the purple hull peas. And if you've never fooled with purple hull peas, we're fixing to see who's country here. What happens to your hands after you fool with purple hull peas? Yes, you look like the purple people eaters. I mean, it's just you are purple, like a purple smurf. I don't think those exist, though, actually, Tim. That's a figment of my imagination. Boom. Um, so we did all that. And so we would plant and then our, and gather. We would gather. And I remember waking up to get the corn, and we would bring it all in. And then our mamas, they, they would, you know, they, they would silk the corn and cream it. They would, they would shell the beans. And, of course, you know, with the purple whole peas and the butter beans, usually at some point we wind up at my, my granny's house with a wash tub full of beans or peas that we would shell and we had to do it inside because Granny was not missing her stories. <laughs> I mean, days of our lives in another world. If the Lord Jesus returned during her stories, she'd say, Jesus, hold on. <laughs> I got to finish my stories. Then you can come back. So, so much of my childhood, so much of my early life was spent in the dirt, was spent in the ground was spent with these type things. And I am so thankful. I am so thankful for those experiences. They taught me the, the virtues of patience. And I'm not a patient person by nature. But it taught me to wait and to work and to till the soil and, and, and to let things develop in God's time. I'm so thankful for these things. And see, Jesus understood these things. And Jesus taught with parables. So today... We see a parable, a story Jesus told. He was like my wife. Jesus was a good storyteller. story Jesus told about a sower. He goes out. This sower in this text, he, he takes a seed, and he just flings it out everywhere. He flings the seed out everywhere. And some seed, he was not a very efficient farmer, shall we say. He didn't, he didn't use GPS combines. He just flung the seeds. And some seed went on a path. And birds ate it up before it even took root. Some seed fell on really shallow, like John was talking about, shallow soil. And it sprung up like wildfire. But then when the sun came, it scorched it and it died away. Some seed actually fell on some good soil, but then the thorns and the thistles choked the life away from it. But some seed, some seed, some seed fell in some good dirt. Some seed fell in some good soil, and this seed took root, and it produced a harvest that's hard to even imagine. And it all came down in all this parable to did the seed 
take root. Because when the seed took root, it was able to grow. It was able to thrive. It was able to put down a root system that could survive any storm that would come. It would put down a root system that was able to survive the scorching sun. It was able to put down a root system that could survive the, 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 the worries and the concerns of the world that choked it away. It put down a root system that would last, that could not be pulled up, that, could not, that would not fade or fade away when life got hard. It put down roots that survived. The seed that took root was a seed that bore harvest, that bore fruit, that gave back. In our lives, the good news of Jesus Christ has to take root. See, farming is hard work. You know, it's funny. I I look back now, and I'm so thankful growing up doing that in the summer. I'm so thankful. At the, if you could go back in a time machine and talk to young Mr. Stoddard, he was not enjoying the farming experience. I did not like it. I told my mama, I want to grow up in the, I want to live in the city with an asphalt yard so nothing would grow because I got sick and tired of fooling with farming stuff. I was tired of it. It was hard hard work. I want to be inside. I don't want to be out there doing that. Things taking root can be very difficult. To let the gospel take root in your life can be very difficult because when you want the gospel to take root, When you say, you know what, I'm going to let the gospel take root, and I'm going to give over Jesus my schedule, you will find your time crushed. When you say, I'm going to let the gospel take root, and I'm going to let Jesus take over my finances, you will find your budget crushed. When you say, I'm going to to let the gospel take root and allow Jesus to have all my devotion, you're going to find your life crushed. It's hard, y'all. It is so easy in theory. Just like anyone wants to be able to grow tomatoes. I can't do it. It's easy in theory. It's hard in life. Because, see, sometimes, I think sometimes we don't mean this as the church. And I don't mean this as a preacher. But sometimes I think what we hear with things like this is that we as the church are asking, asking you to do one more thing. And if you're like me, you don't have time in your life for one more thing. I mean, I'm going to be really transparent here, y'all. This week, this past few weeks have been, been a super busy, nonstop week in the weaves and life, life of the Stoddards. That's the way life goes. We, I, this week, Holly texts me a picture of a, some of the funny story that happened to me. And I'm like, how did something happen to me this week that was really kind of humorous? And, and I, she texted me a few days later about the story with a picture involved within it. And I'm like, how did you know this happened? And she was working backstage at the play Sarah's in, and one of the other mamas was involved in the story. And, and she told Holly something humorous that happened in my life that I had not had the time to tell my wife yet. Because we've been so busy. 
We've been so busy. Life gets busy. I'm not asking you to take on one more thing. I'm not. See, this is actually, this is our stewardship month. Say something, preacher, I never told you. I'm not asking you to give money to the church today. You're going to have opportunities throughout the month to, to, to make commitments financially. But I'm not asking you to do it. I'm not asking you to come to church. I'm asking you to let the gospel take root in your life. Because when the gospel takes root in your life, it changes everything. I'm not asking you to be a good person. I'm asking you to fall in love with Jesus. I'm asking you to let the gospel take root in your life. I'm not asking you to tithe. I think you should. I do. But I'm asking you to fall in love with Jesus. Let the gospel take root in your life because it will change you. I'm not asking you to come to church. We do. But I'm asking you to let the gospel take, take root in your life. Because here's the thing, y'all. When Jesus Christ has your heart, he will have your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. When he has you, he will take care of the rest. With stewardship, I tell folks, if Jesus has your heart, he'll get your wallet. If he has your heart, he'll get your schedule. If he has your heart, he'll get your life. What, I, what I'm asking of you this morning is to let the gospel take root in your life because then you will find a harvest that is so much more than anything you can ever imagine. You'll find a harvest that gives and gives and gives and that is so life-giving. As John said, being a missionary was not hard. It's here that's hard. We need the gospel to take root. So when the storms come and the troubles come and the trials come, we have a root system to survive it. But then we've got a root system that's going to nourish us and produce an amazing harvest. We need to take root, not just need the gospel, not just to take root in us. But we need to take root here in our church. We need to put down roots here in our church. One of, the, one of the comments I get as a preacher is people are often surprised by how active me and my family are in the stuff of the church. And my thing is, I'm no more or less active here than I would be if I was just a regular church member. Because church is my family. You're my family. I tell people most of our ministry, we've not spent close to family. I mean, we were in Ripley. We were five and a half hours from family with two under three-year-olds. So when they, had, when they had grandparents breakfast at school, it was church members that were our adopted grandparents that ate with our children. We put down roots there. It was the best thing we ever did. We put down roots in St. Matthew's. Put down roots in Madison. Because that's where we're planted. And we're not just going to let the gospel take root in our lives. 
but we're going to take root in the life of this church because that's where the harvest comes. It's when we take root. I'm big on things you can see and experience. So you may have noticed our dirt pile out front. When we finish service today, you know, we finish the benediction, the door is going to be open. And outside, you're going to see some pots. We're going to encourage every family, one per family, get you a pot. Go up to the dirt pile, get you a trowel, scoop some topsoil in there. We're going to give you some seeds, some herbs. And over the course of this next month, you're going to see something take root. And you're going to see something grow. And every day, as you see this grow, every day as you see, see over the course of this month, y'all, you're going to get all, we're going to have all kinds of cool stuff happening. This is just the start. We got something even better, I don't know even better, got something pretty awesome next week too. We're going to go out there, we're going to take root. We're going to, so you're going to get your pot and your topsoil and your, and your seed packet, all the take root logo on there. And over the course of this month, you're going to see something take root. You're going to see life grow in front of you, just like life grows in our hearts. You're going to see something take root. When we talked, we talked about doing this, Holly was like, oh, dirt. Their kids are going to get dirty. I grew up out in the country, and John's Chapel had a cemetery. And uh, if you know anything about a cemetery, there's always a dirt pile left over. So I got many a whooping at church because the boys, as soon as Sunday school let out, we went out to that dirt pile. We played King of the Mountain. So y'all don't, y'all don't play King of the Mountain. No, please, nobody play King of the Mountain, unless you feel led to. Um, and some, I was like, they're going to get dirty. I'm like, yeah, they are. You're going to get your hands dirty. Because faith means getting your hands dirty sometimes, y'all. Faith means taking root means sometimes our hands get dirty. Sometimes we got to work hard. Sometimes we got to till the soil. Sometimes, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. And our hands are going to get dirty. And that's okay. That's okay, because that's where life comes from. Christianity is not clean and proper all the time. Christianity sometimes is dirty and messy, but it is always life-giving. Jesus Christ is where life is always found. And Christ alone is where life is. And when we allow him to take root in our life, it changes everything. So this morning... After the benediction, I invite you to come. Take your pot, scoop up your dirt, get your seeds. And this month, we're going to see life take root here at St. Matthew's. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for letting life take root within us. We love you so much. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is um, a special day in the life of our church. It's a day called World Communion Sunday. So we're going to come now to our time of communion. World Communion Sunday is a time where churches across the world. Did you know by 2030, the largest Christian church and the largest Christian nation in the world by 2030 will be the nation of China. The gospel is exploding across the world right now. It is exploding in Southeast Asia. It is exploding in, in Latin America. It is exploding in, 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 in Africa. The gospel is taking root all over the world. So today, churches all over the world 
gathered together around the same table for communion. All denominations, all locations, all who believe in Jesus Christ today are gathering together around his table. Today is a, one of my favorite days. It's called World Communion Sunday, where the church, universal, allows the gospel to take root. It's a foreshadowing of what will happen in eternity when all of Christ's children will be together as one around his table in eternity. So we invite you to turn with us to page 13, page 12 in your hymnal, page 12 in your hymnal. 